One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411. Today we're talking about Sean Donnelly. You've heard Amanda say how much she's loved him for the past two years. <laughs> he was just a good character. Yeah. He was always exciting. And when they weren't doing something exciting with him, he was super funny. He just seemed like a real person, like joking around with the kids. Yes. Joking around with the grownups. He could have serious conversations, truly cared about the people that he was with. It was like a guy you'd want in your life. Yeah. So you mentioned when they weren't doing something with him because there's a ton of videos on YouTube. However, I couldn't find a lot of the things. So like in his recap or in his memorial mm -hmm. episode, they showed the Mount Rushmore thing and they talked about it. Could not find a video of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You would think that those would have been the things they pulled from. Like that would have been like a playlist. Yeah. Mount Rushmore, whatever. But then even on general hospital fandom, which is our go-to, it doesn't have a lot, not in great detail. So just like how we've done in the past, Those of you who have your favorite Sean Donnelly moments, please, please, please tell us what we are missing from this. I did try to watch as much as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. No, there's just but too much and you don't know what matters because something that seemed little led into a big story and then other stuff yep. didn't lead you anywhere. We need whoever it was that did the playlist for Dante should be permanently hired by General Hospital, by Prospect Park and be in charge of making character playlists. There you go. I want that person to have a job. <laughs> I'm sure that they have a job, but this is what I want their job to be. Because like you said, I mean, there was, so there's 10 playlists on YouTube of Sean and Tiffany. It's Sean and Tiffany, number one, Sean and Tiffany, number two, Sean and Tiffany, number three, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But I mean, each of them have easily dozens of yes. videos, but some of them, they didn't have anything to do. It wasn't them. But they were still like a big, because they were a big player in Robert and Anna, mm -hmm. Felicia and Frisco. Right. You know, but I don't know. So he was, he was only on for 10 years. He 
joined in 1984. It was on until 95 and then came back in 2008, 2013 and was memorial was memorialized. They had his memorial service this year too. Mm -hmm. So like we found out that he passed away because the actor passed away in January. Fun fact. Did you know that he is why John C. Riley has to have the C in his name? I think we talked about this before. Okay. Yes. Because I thought that was because I like John C. Riley and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. So we will start with Sean back in 1984. Luke Spencer was on the run from murder charges and called his best friend, Robert Scorpio, who at the time was only being called Scorpio mm -hmm. by many people. I think that Luke's the only one that really called him Robert. That sounds right. Robert sent Luke to an old friend of his, Sean Donnelly, who is Robert's boss from his old WSB days. Regrettably for Robert and Luke, Sean was actually after the Aztec treasure himself. I did watch this. Robert was in bed with Holly and Luke kept calling. And finally, Robert's like, oh God, you know. Quit interrupting us. Right. So he's talking about Sean, you know, just go hang out, go find this guy, Sean. And Sean's introduced and he's wearing like a very Miami Vice style mm -hmm. outfit. Like he's all in white. He, I think he was holding a cocktail. If not, that's what I saw in my head. <laughs> but starts talking. And yes, so Luke was being pursued because um, I didn't want all of that though. But that was the thing is that he just, he brought Luke into, he had like a mansion, you know, and he's like, here, these people will wait on you. Just get this. Just, you know, it was very... It seemed like the ridiculous over-the-top guy that went and retired in Mexico that's living the lavish li lifestyle yeah. that you see on TV in the 80s. It was exactly that. <laughs> right. Sean, who had previously gone into retirement, got bored with a retired life and craved excitement of going up against the challenge of another experienced spy. And that challenge came in the form of Robert. Sean kidnapped, kidnapped those close to Robert. However, he planned to get a little excitement. However, his plan to get a little excitement went terribly wrong when he thought that he had killed Robert in the process. This is what I thought they were doing at his memorial. I thought that someone was doing payback for oh, him okay. kidnapping all those close to Robert. I thought that they were like, huh, maybe it wasn't really Sean that did that to Robert. Maybe it was, that was whoever what, the person that is out, still out mm -hmm. there I was, was doing it Sean's. When they first kidnapped Laura, yes. I was afraid that that's what was going to happen and then we were going to end up in like some big, a different storyline. Yeah. This is going to take weeks, if not months to wrap all uh, okay. up if they kidnap everyone. Yeah. And then once the other ones happened so quickly after the other, I was like, Oh, okay. No, this is too yeah. easy. That's not the direction that we're going in. We did forget to finish talking about that though on Monday's episode where the reason why they were doing that was to initiate yes. Annie into the WSB and they gave her Sean's number. Yes. That was sweet. So we forgot to mention that on Monday. Shoot. <laughs> that was a big deal. It was a big deal. It was very we sweet. We just got sidetracked by all this. Everything. So Sean was devastated, but when Robert turned up alive and well, Sean was so ecstatic that he didn't even fight Robert when he came to arrest him. Was that when he sh um, punched him in the, they were in that big, like a sky cab thing going over mountains or whatever? Mm -hmm. Is that what, when he thought that he killed him? Because Anna was standing on like the I think platform so. and not, saw it, yeah, and they were like punching each other. Right. Sorry, I'm acting. I am so not Italian, <laughs> but I just I do that too. So I get really into it. My hand. I think so, but so we have to remember that this was the early middle '80s. So I was like six, and I was this time. two. Yes. So. 
Did I watch it? Absolutely, because my mom watched it. I even asked her yesterday. I was like, you watched Arnold oh. Schottenheim's. Do you remember anything? And she was like, I just remember that I loved him. And I was like, <laughs> I, I know, but can you think of something a little more specific? And right. she, she did not get into anything. So Darn it. I was, yes, I was disappointed that she couldn't, whatever. But so that sounds right. Yeah. But again, it could have been another time that he it, thought that he killed exactly, Robert. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so this is where we need your help guys, because also finding these things on YouTube didn't necessarily have them in order or have the dates. Right. So so yeah, Robert turned up. He went to arrest Sean. Sean and Robert made amends when he helped Robert defeat the evil Mr. Wu in the Asian Quarter Adventure, aka Brad's like grandparents. Right. In return for helping him protect his family, Robert made Sean his daughter Robin's godfather. So cute. Robin Scorpio is Robert's daughter with Anna Devane. Sean happily accepted and took his job as Robin's godfather very seriously and he did. Mm-hmm. He really, really did. During this time, Sean also took a liking to Dr. Monica Quartermain and the two began a love affair, which we talked about in great detail during Monica's lovers, lovers yes. <laughs> in February for our Valentine's Day episode. So if you want more details about that, go listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. And the two began having a love affair that was angrily opposed by both Edward Quartermain and Monica, Monica's on and off again love with Alan Quartermain. And hold on. This is what I was talking about. Okay. Okay. So on Monday I mentioned that Alan had gone into hiding or Mm -hmm. like it was pretending to have amnesia and all this stuff. Alan was pretending to be dead and they were trying to pin it on Sean. Yes. And it was Edward and Alan and Jimmy Holt were all conspiring and everything. And Lila knew about it too. But then Lila was basically telling Monica, you need to go tell the boys that their dad's dead. And Edward's getting mad because he's like, she's not supposed to do that. Right. And Lila's like, this is ridiculous. You guys need to knock it off. And then I just started getting, falling in love with Lila all over again. <laughs> was, I never was, lost my love for her though. Was but, that whenever you text me, they need to be concentrated on just yes. one part because if not, I'm going to get lost again. Yep. Because I was just like, ah, because she just, she put Edward in his place, but I wanted to go off and find out more about this Alan story, which yes, they were framing Sean and Monica for killing him. Right. Because Alan left a tape recorder behind that had recordings of Monica and Sean in bed saying, you know, once Alan's gone, I won't have to worry about this and stuff like that. Right. You know, to set him up. So like, why don't they go into detail about that here saying, because it doesn't even mention it. Mm -mm. Doesn't mention that he was assumed to have killed or been looked at for the death of Alan Quartermain. Cause then obviously Alan comes back and I didn't watch all that. So good job. <laughs> yes. I wanted to hit the high notes of, I wanted to watch the things that were mentioned on the, on mm-hmm. Friday. Right. I did try to watch some of this throughout the week, but didn't really have a ton of time. Got it. So then in 1987, Sean was put on a hit list made by a group of terrorists that were targeting spies. That was a tough one to watch the playlist of because they did go off on a lot of different things. Due to his occupation as the former head of the WSB, Sean was up next on their hit list and his good friend Robert returned to Port Charles to protect him, his family, and his friends. With the help of Anna, Tiffany Hill, and Duke Lavery, Robert and Sean traveled with them to Mount Rushmore and the group was able to get stop and catch the rogue terrorists group of their leader. And I could be wrong, but I think that also during this time, I think that Frisco was pretending to be a hitman for this gangster group. Okay. That, and so he actually did 
quote, kill someone, I could be wrong. Okay, we're going to jot this down. And if we forget it, Frisco killed someone. <laughs> if it's not mentioned in the next couple sections, we'll come back to it. Okay. Okay. In 1988, Sean started to suffer a midlife crisis. And during this time, he fell for Dr. Greta Engstrom, but her husband resurfaced. So Sean went back to his past love, Tiffany, who was unhappy with his wandering ways. Sean and Tiffany were able to work out their differences, and the two were married in the Quartermain Mansion amongst family and friends. After the wedding, Sean assisted his friend, Felicia Jones, in tracking down her husband, Frisco's grave, after she was informed that he had been killed. Okay, so... This means I can go back and talk about what I was just talking about because I don't think it's going to talk about it because I'm pretty sure based on the style of clothing that it was the 80s. <laughs> so first we'll talk about Frisco killed someone. So basically, Sean, Robert, and Frisco had, um, it was Mr. B. It was the Mr. B storyline. So I don't know exactly what that was. Okay. But I think he was a cop that then went dirty and was something was going on. I'm so good at this. So basically, Sean and Robert arranged for Frisco to actually kill somebody. Okay. But the guy was wearing a bulletproof vest. Okay. But that's besides the point. So he, quote, didn't, but then Tiffany was going to be on the scene. So she was going to capture it live. So she was going to get the story of her lifetime because she was a journalist yep. and all that fun stuff. And so they don't have all of that going on. But it was funny because he's sitting, not funny, but he's sitting there with a map. It's so interesting to see how things have changed from the 80s to now because they're sitting there with a map with Felicia talking about how she and all the other police officer wives are going to be doing this stuff. But they were talking to her like, you know, this is really dumb that they're going to assume that you guys aren't doing anything because you're the wives. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're totally empowering her and the other women. Like, we know that you can basically take these people. Right. You know, so like be a diversion, whatever. Um. I don't know. I guess you had to watch it. I'm really bad at this right now. I forget where I was going. But then, like, they don't talk about their wedding. Did you know why he was laughing when he was doing the Yes. Thing? I watched okay. the whole thing. Okay. I wasn't sure what you what, Did he real? Oh, no. I watched the wedding. So what was it? So her name is yes. Tiffany yes. Hill. Yeah. So it was that day that he found out that her name was Elsie May. Elsie May oh, Cromshaw or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... But, like, they don't talk about the fact that, like, he hadn't really met her family before, and they showed up at the Quartermain Mansion, and to put it stereotypically, in the era that they were in, they were basically trying to imply that they were, like, hillbilly-ish. Right. So, that's just the way that they portrayed them. Mm -hmm. You know, it was very Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. And he goes up to tell her, because this is when he found out that he was going to have to leave to go... Uh, see, I don't know why he had to leave, but he just went to go say hello to her. And Anna's like, you can't see her. It's the wedding day. And he's like, just put her up to the door. We just have to talk. And he's saying that, or she's like, I love you. You know, I can't wait for our honeymoon. And he's like, yep. And then he gets very quiet and he's like, okay, I'll see you downstairs. And she's like, wait. And, and that's why she's all extra angry as uh -huh. walking down the stairs. And she's like, I don't even want to marry you. Like, you're such a jerk. Well, she's so mad. The only thing I did not like about it, though, was that she kept saying that he was hurting her and everyone was just walking away. And I understand that I did not watch a lot of their relationship at first. Mm -hmm. And I do know that, obviously, based on the way that she spoke about him Friday that and and the way that the whole thing ended. But like he was really grabbing her arm and yeah. she's like, you're hurting me. And nobody was like, okay, dude, just, just, we'll get her downstairs, you know? 
I don't know. Yeah. No, I, again, I, did, I, think I had was, very conflicting feelings I, while I was watching I it because I'm like, was, that would not happen now. Right. But I think it's one of those things that was acceptable back then. And so, it wasn't acceptable. It just wasn't stopped. Well, there you go. So, yes. There you like, go. So, yeah. So, he drags her down and then he's she's like, I'm not marrying you. What if I don't say the vows? And he's like, well, you're going to look pretty stupid. <laughs> you know, but just the way that they bickered back and forth was so, so cute. cute. I loved it. Yes. I fell in love with them watching that. And then when the priest said Elsie Mae Cremshaw or whatever her name was, and he <laughs> lost it. And the priest is like, what? <laughs> is that you're not your name? She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was good. So, it was It was good. It, so the flashback, so the flashback of their wedding and him laughing. And then the flashback of him talking to Felicia on her wedding day about yeah. was she sure that this is what she wanted to do and her being all excited to be a policeman's wife with her beautiful dress, um, like took me back to, there was a VHS tape of the best weddings and it had those two weddings. It had Alan and Lucy with her in that crazy hat. Yeah. It had, um, Luke and Laura, obviously. And I got it for like, I don't know, my 10th Christmas or whatever. And so when I was watching this, I was like, Oh, I remember watching both those weddings. We need to find video. that. We need to find that. Probably in my basement somewhere, <laughs> but probably. Yeah. But it was good. Like, I just wish that they wouldn't. I mean, I know that there's not really, that's the thing. There's really not a lot of detail to write about this. Right. But watching it, you're just like, why wasn't this mentioned? Yeah. It was good though. Cause then they wound up having their reception and he threw the garter and Robert caught it. And then she threw the bouquet and Robin caught it. And then, um, oh, they did something else. And I can't remember what it was. Oh, and she was like, there's only one more tradition that we need to do. And she took a piece of cake and he's like, no, 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 no. But he's like, I know how much you love your cake. How about we take this all home and you can put it all over me. And she's like, they were just so cute. So yep. I understand why you love them. Yes. And I didn't even get to watch them that much, but through some of the stuff that we're going to be getting into, I saw he they just, just don't write it like this anymore. Exactly. Even though like the WSB stuff is crazy and not very realistic. I mean, I don't know. I've never dated someone in the CIA or whatever, but you did a cop. That's I, I feel like this was a very big exaggeration of what life would be like with someone. I'm fairly someone certain that yes. works in those fields, but all the rest of his stuff just felt like a genuine person. Like you would actually go out to dinner with them on Saturday and talk to them on the phone during the week. They were just so normal. And it came through again, Thinking that I was six through 10, the majority of this time, right? for me to have gotten it even then that this is what a real life couple feels like, right. I feel like was a big deal. Because they weren't perfect mm -hmm. and they weren't, but I think the thing that I liked watching all of this was it was adventure and not for nothing. Some of these storylines are things that we're doing again now. And it's just like, of course, life is a big circle and, you know, there really are only so many storylines, but to have some that are just seriously identical, but you switch the names right, is kind of like, ugh. yes. But I mean, it was just so good. So I understand good. how people who grew up watching it during right. this time. These are the storylines that people compare to now and are like, nah, nah. it's just not yeah. the same. And, but we, I mean, we do it with the nineties. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, but the people of the eighties were like, this stinks, but we're like, no, it's the nineties were great. Yes. But looking back at this, seriously, we need to get General Hospital on Disney Plus. We're going to start a change start org petition. There you go. All right. Bring us into the 90s. All right. Sans, Sans, the, the, the. I'm not going to not read again this week. 
Sean's insidious past came back to bite him in the form of his arch nemesis, Faison, who arrived in Port Charles in 1990. It feels like we had Faison longer than that. I know! Through flashbacks, it was revealed that the two had plotted to destroy Robert and Anna's marriage back in their WSB days. Back when Sean was head of the WSB, he successfully worked with rival spy agency leader Faison to break the Scorpios apart. This was because Sean feared he was going to lose his two best agents to a life of wedded bliss outside the agency. Which he did talk about that a lot, thinking yeah. that once they joined forces, they were not going to be any use to the WSB. Robert and Anna found out the truth, but nevertheless, Sean still helped his friends defeat Faison before he could force Anna into marrying him. Faison took his revenge on Sean in 1991 when he poisoned Sean's wife, Tiffany, with a mysterious illness that left her comatose. Could not find it. Oh. Even in the Sean and Tiffany 1991 playlist, there is one video that's like 20 minutes long, and it's like the day that she went in the hospital. Well, that's dumb. I know. I wanted to know, like... Right, how with the similarities and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Faison held the only cure and used this as leverage to make Sean do his bidding. Though at the time, Sean didn't realize that Faison was behind Tiffany's illness. When Sean found out that Faison was behind everything, he once again teamed up with Robert and Anna to bring him down. And I think it was for her to get cured, she was going to have to take like the same pill once every 30 days or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder how and it was a bacterial infection. Okay. Bacterial virus. Okay. Yeah. Well, That's as much as I got out of the 20 minutes. They do sound similar, though. Mm -hmm. In 1992, Sean agreed to serve as acting police commissioner while Robert left to pursue Faison and assumed the position of permanent PCPD commissioner when Robert and Anna are presumed dead from a boat explosion that occurred while they were trying to stop Faison. That was like whenever Robin talks about her parents being dead and all that. Yep. Sean split his time between comforting his grieving goddaughter, Robin, and dealing with his nemesis, Luke who arrived back in town in 1993 and gave Sean nothing but grief. Okay, so I watched just this morning him telling Robin, and he was so good telling her because then, I mean, he had to be the strong one, mm -hmm. and then him and Tiffany left, and he broke down I and bawled. And I'm just like, oh. it was beautiful. I mean, I have no ties and i know that robert's alive right but I, I do it the same with certain musicals i cry every single <laughs> time and i'm like i know this thing word for word and cry every single dumbo i cry every time when he goes to visit his mom in jail but <laughs> every time the baby in mine song is I, what kills me. oh i still cry at um beauty and the beast whenever like right before he transforms yes. and she's like but I love you. And that one tear falls. I'm like, I love yep. you too. So, but like, I wasn't tied right. the way, but the way that he did it moved me in, in a 10 minute clip mm -hmm. that I am crying. And I'm just like, okay, I like you. Yes. He's awesome. On the personal front, his marriage began to fall apart when his wife, Tiffany became obsessed with adopting her deceased sister, Cheryl Stanberry's son, Lucas. Unfortunately, Cheryl's will left custody of Lucas to Bobby Spencer and Dr. Tony Jones. I only watched part of that. Okay. I watched Cheryl's funeral and stuff and him. They were just good together. They were. I know I don't have to tell you this. Yes. <laughs> no, she was obsessed is the right word. Like she was crazy over one. She couldn't handle the fact that her sister died. I yeah. mean, that was right. No. And again, like I couldn't tell you, you know, this happened and then this happened, but I remember that. Oh my gosh. She's 
going crazy over this baby. Because she said that they were just taking him home. And he's like, "Um, when did we have this discussion? But he didn't say it like in a really nasty way. He's like, I don't remember us talking about this. He's like, you and I literally just started talking about having a family. And I was starting to come around to us having our own kids. He's like, and now you want like a whole brood of them? Right. And it took her... And she's like, we couldn't have planned for this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it didn't even take him five minutes. And he was like, okay, right. Well, we'll take Lucas and we'll add to the family and all that, you know, so it's not like he was putting his foot down. Oh, that was the thing that he said during the wedding. He said, woman. (laughs) And that's where I started because then he was hurting her arm. Got it. And I was like, but then I saw, okay, I must be missing a lot of yes. the, cause I saw when he was dating her while he was supposedly still having the affair with Monica mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. Like, so I saw a little bit, but I was really trying not to, I did not have enough time to watch all of it. Yeah. But so I guess I had mixed. Right. But I, again, I feel like that was the whole point of him was you really liked him, but at the same time, he still did stuff that you were like, typical jerk. Like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. But not bad enough to make you hate him. Right. Which I feel like made him a real person. As their marriage fell apart over the adoption dilemma, Sean began an affair with lawyer Jessica Holmes. In the meantime, Tiffany is thrilled when she discovers that she is pregnant, but is crushed just as quickly when she overhears Jessica tell Sean that she is pregnant as well. Sadly, Tiffany miscarries her child, and at the same time, Jessica admits to Sean that she had lied and wasn't really pregnant. Mm. Sean and Tiffany start to work on reconciling their marriage just as Jessica learns that she really is pregnant. Jessica threatens to tell Tiffany and to tell Tiffany and Sean threatens her in response, warning her to keep her mouth shut. Jessica is later found dead, and Sean, thinking that Tiffany committed the crime, confessed to the murder. However, it was later proven that insane Ryan Chamberlain was the real murderer, and Sean and Tiffany were in the clear. That was nice. He was going to take the rap for her. I know. It's a good husband right there. In 1994, Sean and Luke are caught in a shootout with mobster Frank Smith, and Sean is shot by Frank. Luke kills Frank before Frank finishes him off. Later that year in Port Charles, Sean is accidentally shot by Luke because of Joe Scully, a former mentor to Sonny. See, and so this would have been like the past two or three years is when I was just watching during the summer and mm. for the 10 minutes after school. Okay. So, because when he said Luke came back, but so like I wouldn't have had that tie to Sean. He just would have been someone because I didn't really start watching full-time, full-time until 1996. So he had just left. Okay. So he was only like, eh, there, I guess. Right. When I right, because it was kind of like, even though Sean was WSB, so he wasn't supposed to be bad, it felt to me like once Sonny got there, then they kind of phased Sean out. And I felt like it was represented by the fact that Sonny moved into Sean's penthouse. Yes. So I don't know if that was like a pre-planned thing or what, but that's how John Riley like did that. not renew his contract. Okay. So I did read that, that he did. Because I was like, wait, why did we get rid of him? Okay. He chose not to renew his contract. Okay. Before Sean is sent off to heal and recuperate, an overjoyed Tiffany announces to their friends and family that she is pregnant. When General Hospital recommends that they transfer him to another treatment facility in Boston, Massachusetts, Sean and Tiffany decide to leave town to get Sean the best care possible and start a new life with their child. Sean and Tiffany returned to Port Charles in 2008 on night shift to help their friend Robert, who was battling colon cancer. And we still have not watched season two of night shift. So now I really want to watch now, it. Yeah. While in town, they shared with their friends and family that they now had a teenage daughter named Anna Annie Donnelly and that she was named after Anna Devane. On August 5th, 2013, Luke spent 
Luke Spencer seeks assistance from Holly Sutton in Switzerland to determine where the extorted money of Jerry Jacks has ended up after Jax's apparent death by an explosion. And this is when Anthony Gary was leaving. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were freaking out also that Holly was not at his funeral or the memorial. But remember, everyone thinks Holly's dead. Right. Only we, the audience, know that she is alive in that room. Yes. After breaking into the bank's computer, the money has been found to have been collected by Sean Donnelly. Luke and Holly arrive at Donnelly's residence and they meet Anna Donnelly. And eventually Sean appears in a wheelchair with the cure for plutonium poisoning in his hand. It is revealed that he got shot by the Balkan. After getting poisoned, he, after getting poisoned, he contacted Jerry Jacks, another victim of the poisoning. Sean is given a temporary cure until a permanent one is found. Luke vows to find the cure for both of them. After stealing the dose from Jerry, Luke gives the second dose of the cure to Sean. <laughs> Are you okay over there? I can't handle when Luke left. I'm sorry. Sorry. I know. On January 9th, 2018, it is revealed that Sean has begun to lose <gasps> memories of his past and can no longer tell what month it is. That's the day that John Riley died. It was January 9th, 2021. That's freaky. Oh. Okay. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> Hold um, on. Let me just double check. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. that's crazy. Oh. Okay. <laughs> just getting chills. Sorry. <laughs> on May 17th, 2021, Anna calls Tiffany and left a message to check on her and Sean, hoping they are doing well and to ask for assistance to help develop Chase's cure. Sometime later, Tiffany calls back to tell Anna that Sean had just passed away, a sad and tragic message she relayed to Maxie Jones. That was very sad. It They're was. To make me cry. On May 21st, 2021, Sean's Port Charles and WSB friends came together with his daughter, Annie Donnelly, for his memorial service. Off screen, Connor and Tiffany spread his ashes in County Kerry Island, his favorite village. Ireland. What did I say? Island. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? Connor and Tiffany spread his ashes in County Kerry, Ireland. Robert states that Sean would tell him stories about the town and that it reminded him of Anna Devane. Aw. I'm so sad that he's gone. Skytram. That's what it's called. Tried to kill Robert Scorpio by trying to kick him off a Skytram. Well, here. Here's his crimes committed. Arms dealer in Mexico as El Patron. That was just so funny. Helped Cesar, Cesar Faison fake his death. Tried to kill Robert Scorpio by trying to kick him off a Skytram. Failed. Knocked out Tom Hardy so he could give Tiffany an experimental drug. Broke into Ryan Chamberlain's apartment and planted a listening device. Vandalized Ryan's department with Felicia Jones and Max Scorpio. Adultery slept with Jessica Holmes, who was married to Tiff- while he was married to Tiffany Donnelly. He also committed adultery when he was sleeping with Monica, who was married to Alan. Mm-hmm. Falsely confessed to the murder of Jessica Holmes. And then accomplice of Jerry Jacks in poisoning of Port Charles water supply. So that goes to what you're saying. Like, is he good? Is he bad? What is happening here? Right. But they did forget to say he also has a son, Connor. We just don't know anything about Connor. Was Connor Jessica's? Connor Oliviera. He was a manager at the Outback. Well, who's Connor's mom? Does it tell you if you're down? Nope. Hold it. Connor's. Nope. <sighs> so who's Connor's mom? All right, guys, for those who have been around, we need to know this information. Because then even on other sources that we typically use, he's not even mentioned. Here, let's see if it's in here. Oh, and John Riley was Kelly Taylor's dad on 90210. But I wouldn't have known that when I watched 90210 because I didn't know him as Sean Donnelly. A longtime fan. So this one's Scorpio love. Okay. Huh? 
says he was never a real bad guy and eventually repented and became one of the good guys. But then he helped poison the water supply. Right. He opened a detective agency with Anna while Robert was police commissioner and Felicia was his secretary at the agency. Oh, and I loved watching all those old clips and he did call her princess all the time. Mm -hmm. It was sweet. So, yeah, there's obviously a ton of stuff probably missing here. Let's see if there's anything in here that says. It doesn't tell us if Jessica had her baby before Ryan killed her. It makes it sound like, no, she was pregnant when she died. But where else would Connor have come from? Well, let's see if it's under <laughs> Elsie Mae Crumholtz. They don't even yeah. have her listed as Tiffany Donnelly. Wasn't I saying whole crumb or something like that? I think I was transposing her name. All right, let's go look at Jessica Holmes. See what she's got under her. Or is Sean just like a Dante where someone went run, ugh, randomly, randomly showed up with a kid? Maybe, because it doesn't say that Jessica had him. Nope. All right. If you guys know who Connor's mom is, let us know. Let us know if we missed anything else in this episode. Let us know what your favorite memory of Sean Donnelly was, is. We want to hear it all. Yep. So much more information. I guess the end of July or the end of June is just going to be revisiting Mexi and hopefully Sean. So please, please, please help us out. We want to know these answers. Email us at pier54podcast.gmail.com. You can also go to our website, pier 54 podcast <laughs> com, But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I was really upset that I didn't have two weeks to just sit down and dedicate to watching him because he seemed to be involved in a lot of great storylines, even if they didn't revolve directly around him. It's just going to open up such a can of worms, though, when you do have the time to take you off onto the other storylines. Right. You're going to have what you want to do for a 411 for the next three years. We have a long time and we, we have a lot of content. We do. We're good. Okay. So join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you with a peer. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.